0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Well, hey, tonight, like Nate said, we have had team teaching all day, and um, I'm so honored uh, to speak tonight. I'm honored to share. Um, And Nate corrected me earlier. He said, You're not sharing, you're preaching. So I was like, that's right, Nate, I'm preaching tonight uh, for Team Teaching. And um, we have had phenomenal communicators, Chad and Ryan and Nate Dumlau and Peter Duvall have done phenomenal. And um, Aaron Eisman is next service, and he's awesome. And uh, I have known our pastors, Chad and Julia, for 10 years. And uh, my husband, Roman, and I have been uh, have had the honor and. And privilege of serving alongside them for ten years. Um, they've known me since I was like this scrappy little nineteen-year-old girl who just got saved, and they believed in me ever since. And so, because of them, we have this house. They believed in the call that God had on their lives. So let's put our hands together for our pastors, Chad and Julia. Do me a favor turn uh your bibles to John chapter 15 and um and while you're doing that I'll dismiss the band. You guys did great vibes. Killed it. <laughs> uh like I said my husband um the Eastern Ukrainian machine Roman, he um <laughs> he uh We've been serving here at Zoe since um, Zoe started in Los Angeles. But we've been with Pastor Chad and Julia for about 10 years now. And um, they actually are the ones that convinced me to go on a date with you. So you should clap for them. Yeah, that's great. Are you there with me in your Bibles? Uh, John chapter 15, are you guys there? Let's do it. Let's read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do this thing. It's going to be awesome. Um, John chapter 15, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you you have already have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life Intimately joined to me. Verse 5 I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Come on, let's pray over the word tonight and we'll jump right in. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you're the vine and we are the branches, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, raise your hand if you, uh, you know a control freak. You are a control freak. Um, yeah, all the hands slowly start rising because the control freaks are like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I don't want to raise my hand because I don't know where you're going. But if you like, I'll just give you some examples. Maybe you're the control freak that you're like, I would like preface before I raise my hand. Fine, here it is. Mother-in-law control freak. <laughs> not mine, yours, mother-in-law control freak, an older sister, sibling, um, maybe you have a coworker. maybe your spouse is a control freak, uh, we are equal control freaks, uh, uh, even on the way here, Roman was driving, and he was like, uh, I'm like, which way, which way are you going to go, um, we have like eight minutes to get there, like I'm not rushing you, I'm just saying we have eight minutes to get there, and he's like, well, map says, it, we'll, we'll sure, and then, you know, we'll go right, and I was like, oh. Okay, he's like, which way do you want me to go? I'm like, well, I just think you should turn right on Beverly. I think Beverly's the best way. I don't think Wilshire's the best way. And so I practiced my control freakness today after I preached this message already. This is going great. Um, So, But I had this thought all week of how uh, does it look like or what does it look like to live a life where Jesus is all that matters, and I truly surrender all of my control into his hands instead of trying to be a control freak. So that's the title of today's message. It's called Control Freak. Uh, Write that down. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, The best thing about this passage is that um, I actually probably couldn't keep like a fake Ikea plant alive. Um, So like branches, vines, trees, like do they need water? I don't know. Um, I had to really like think through what this really meant, and um, it was so interesting. I kept trying to like read other passages, and I'm like, yeah, that one's like fine. Still don't know what it's saying, so I'm gonna go over here, and I kept coming back to this one, and um, so if you're like me, and you're like, what's all the Christian needs? I'm gonna break down for you. It's gonna be great. So fruit, when someone says that you will bear much fruit, fruit is just the product of your life. So you go to work, You spend hours at work, you get a paycheck for your job, you go cash that money, honey, and then you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to take my boo on a date because I worked as a fruit of my labor. Uh, The fruit of your life is the product of the life that you live, and it has to do with what you attach yourself to. So whatever you attach yourself to and how you live your life, the product or the fruit of that is going to show, right? Reap what you sow. Um, and so I'm going to break down the vine, uh, the branch, and the farmer. So you can put that up. I'm a visual learner, so shout out to all the visual learners out there. Uh, that was a really weird shout out. All right. God the Father is the farmer. God the Father, he's in charge. He's making sure this system is going. Jesus. Jesus is the vine. So God's the, God the Father is the farmer. Jesus is the vine. And we, me and you, we are the branches. So what does that mean? A branch cannot live on its own, it has to first be attached to a vine, to a source, to a place of stability in order to grow. And the interesting thing about branches and about vines is that when the fruit starts to blossom off of the branch, that's when the connection between the vine and the branch is exposed. So it's not until you bear fruit or you don't that you start to understand what your connection really is with the vine as the branch. And I was reading, um, I had to Google this, so there you go. Uh, I was Googling, like, well, what's the, big, what's the big deal about the branch being connected to the vine? Like, I don't really understand that. Like, I just kind of feel like it's a tree. Like, there's just, like, a lot going on with plants. And um, it was saying that uh, when something starts to blossom, The branch just has to be strong enough. And if there's too much crowding the branch and it's not pruned back, the good fruit can't be produced on the branch. So the farmer and the vine help prune our branches back so that we could produce more. And this is what I love about Jesus, is that there's always more with Jesus. And um, I'm Mexican, which means uh, I, you know, if you're Mexican in here, shout out to you. Uh, you probably spent a lot of summers at your grandma's house or your mean aunt's house. And uh, you definitely, like, got met with, like, a Home Depot stick or a chancla or, like, something of that nature if you guys got in trouble. Like, something happened there. Like, you were like, okay, it's not deep-rooted. I'm just saying that's what happens when you get disciplined by your grandma. So, uh, you know, At my grandma's house, there was this wall, and on the other side of the wall was, like, a very busy highway. And then on this side of the wall, there was an above-ground pool, because that's a good idea. And um, there was, like, just all the cousins, sprawling cousins, like, literally 12 of us. Like, who leaves 12 kids with one grandma? I don't know. So, (laughs) mom, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. You're a great mom. So we would just play this game where a couple of us would be in the pool, a couple of us would be on the patio, and then like a few, like a few of us just like on, standing on this brick wall, just like standing on it, just like whatever. And um, and we, it's just, you know, it's Halloween time, there's candy, and so we would just like throw some candy across the car just to like, get a reaction. It's like I'm going to throw a couple pieces of candy, jump in the pool, it's going to be great. And then the people on the patio were supposed to tell the people in the pool and the people in the pool tell the people on the wall, grandma's coming, everyone jumps in the water, we're having a great time, it's going to be awesome. Well, it wasn't awesome because my brother and all my cousins get on the wall and they just took it too far. You know when someone just takes it too far and you're like, really, seven pieces of candy on one windshield? And so... They throw this candy. I'm going somewhere with this. They throw this candy. They crack the windshield. The guy comes over. He's yelling at my grandma. My little, he didn't know my grandma. So he starts yelling at my grandma. My grandma comes back. We're all just like swan swimming in the pool. And I'm like, nothing happens, grandma. It's the language barrier. Like, I'm trying to speak Spanish. You don't understand. Nothing happened. And, um, but then when the parents come, you have to like reconcile with what you did. And you have to be like. Okay, mom, look, I'm really sorry. This is what happened. This is what actually happened. It's all Paul's fault. I didn't do it, Paul's my brother. It's all, my, it's all his fault. I didn't do a thing. I was, I was perfect. And, but that's how we treat our relationship with God. When we make a mistake on our own, over and over and over and over, instead of doing what we know is right by saying, God, I'm just really sorry, and knowing that he's going to say, hey, it's okay, come to me, we tend to just push away and push away and push away. And what we do is we weaken the branch that's attached to the vine. And this is what I love about God, that even in our worst, God brings us closer to himself. I love this. In verse 2, you could write that down. That was point one, I think. It was. Even at our worst, God brings us close. And this way I love in verse 2. It says, He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. Now, when I was looking through um, different uh, translations of this, I'm telling you, I was like, vine, branch, I don't know. So I kept reading all these different translations. And the note said, uh, the Greek phrase can also be translated, he takes up to himself every fruitless branch. So in other words, he doesn't remove fruitless branches off the vine. He actually does the opposite. He brings them even closer to himself. So that means in your sin and in your shame and in your anxiety and in your worry and your frustration, all the things that you don't want to give to God, he's actually already bringing you closer to him, ready to tend to you and pull away the things that are clouding your vision from him. That's how good God is. Is that even when we're stubborn and eat, and maybe you're here and you're like, actually, 2018 was like a pretty fair year. Everything was awesome. Everything was great. Can I encourage you? More is coming. Because it also says that he takes the fruitful vine and he prunes that back. So he gives you what was good. He's going to give you something great. You just have to be ready for it. Sometimes we get so stubborn with the good. And God's like, Okay well, the miracle you're praying for, I'm just going to prune a little bit back so that when I take you to your miracle and I take you to the thing that you've been praying and fasting for and I take you to the thing that you've been laboring over in prayer and in tears, when I take you to that thing, you're strong enough in me to carry it. I love that about God. He's good. Amen? Amen. Do we have any, um, any crash dieters in here? Anyone that's like, um, yes, I've done Master Cleanse. Okay, it, New Year's Eve is almost here. Like, 15 of you definitely wrote this down as an option. Uh, 50% of the room is probably fasting because they're like, Daniel, fast fruit, diet, great. I'll look fit. I'll be spiritual. It's me, be awesome. Yeah, I already know. It's me, fine. Well, okay, I am a self-proclaimed crash dieter. And, well, not anymore. Okay, well, anyways. Uh <laughs> I've tried everything, like just for fun, like just to see if it works. And uh, we live in a culture uh, where you're told all the time, create your own future. Create your own happiness. This is the way to self-help and self-truth. And if you could only do this. And so I was like, great. I am going to take this unscientific scientific poll on Instagram because where else do you do this? And I'm just going to like, I'm just going to ask people. What is the most extreme or ridiculous uh, diet or trend that you've tried in order to, like, you know, promote self-help? So I'm going to read. Can I read these to you guys? Okay. If you don't like them, just fake laugh. Um, Okay. So I said, when asked, the most ridiculous and extreme diet or self-help trend you tried? Someone said, working out. To which I replied, <laughs> I asked for ridiculous and extreme, <laughs> but good on you. Uh, boiled egg diet, said no for me. Uh, all beef, was that you, Nate? <laughs> Keto? I just like to say that one because people are so diehard keto, they're like, oh, that's right. That's not extreme. It works. Okay. Well. Okay. And then these are some of my like personal favorites that I'm like, these one, you know. Uh, cabbage soup. This is, and I'm quoting like exactly what this person says. For whatever reason, when people reply on Instagram, they just like say everything and you're like, what? It's, it's awesome. Cabbage soup diet dash gave up the first day. <laughs> Same because why? Aloe vera diet, it's insane, and it tastes horrible, in all caps. Press juicery for, like, one day that ended up at Wingstop. (laughs) And then, like, I wanted to reply back and be like, yo, how much money did you spend on that juice, though? Like, I just feel like you should finish at Wingstop. (laughs) Did the master cleanse because Beyonce did it? Valid. And ended up at Jack in the Box after day three. <laughs> A lot of people said the master cleanse. Um, and then other ones that I didn't write down is someone was, um, said, I did the Stairmaster three months straight. And I was like, wow, you have strong calves, but nothing else. Like, what <laughs> the And also, so boring. Um, and then another weird one that I was like, okay, I don't even know how to respond to this. She said that her and her friend drank uh, chicken juice to get sick. Uh, yeah, don't say ill to me. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. She's nasty. I don't know. They're crazy. <laughs> but this is what we do in life, right? We're like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get where I want to go. And I'm gonna do it all on my own. And then we end up doing a master's cleanse. And we're all confused why we're at Wingstop at three in the morning because we're freaking hungry. We take our relationship with God and we take the Bible and we look at it in a self-help view and then we eliminate the need for Jesus and we put all the weight back on ourselves and then we live in anxiety and we live in fear and we live in shame and we live in hopelessness when Jesus is saying, well, just let me do it. The Bible is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It looks at you and examines you because it's alive. The pressure isn't on us to read this Bible and then be like, okay, what is the three leadership principles of the day? No, the reason for the Bible is to just see Jesus in the scriptures and to get the help we need, not for ourselves, but from him because he desires relationship with us. Do me a favor, write uh, point number two down. When we get to the end of ourselves, we find true life in Jesus. Your life left up to you would be a shell of what it could have been if you left it up to Jesus. So in other words, the pressure isn't on you. We get to give this burden to a Savior who died on a cross. And all, I like to think about it this way. Jesus died on the cross. And when I feel overwhelmed, and when I feel like I'm frustrated, I hide myself in the cross. Wow. I hide myself in Jesus' resurrection. I hide myself in my salvation. Wow. Sometimes we get to a place where we're like, oh, I just don't, I just don't like, feel the way I did when I first got saved. Like, a little tingle, you know, like, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because you're maturing in who you are with Jesus. So that means there's more depth. It's like when you first meet someone that you're dating, you're like, oh my gosh, you do nothing wrong. This is so awesome. This is so great. I love you. And then you get married and you're like, oh my gosh, please stop crunching the chips. So loud. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I look at Rowan and I'm like, what are you doing? But the li- he just said, you gotta stack them for the crunch. I-, <laughs> I know, but that doesn't make it any better. We're fine. <laughs> what was I saying? I'm fine. Okay. The depth of your relationship with Jesus only allows you to hide deeper in his perfection and less in your imperfection. And what I love about the picture of the branch and the vine is that we get to simply attach ourselves to something that has all the power, that is all the hope, that is all the faith, and that has everything I need to get me where I'm going. Because ultimately, the desires, by the way, that you have, God gave you. So when you're trying to pursue your career, you're not pursuing it despite of God. You're pursuing it with God, for his glory, with him inside of you, attached to him. So write this down. Point number three, attach your life to God. He wants to work in you before he works through you. Verse four says, For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so, you, so your life will be fruitless unless you live intimately joined to me. I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So what vine is your life attached to? What vine is your life attached to? Are you attached to your career, to money, to insecurity, to the, needs, the need to please people, whatever your, your branch is attached to, that will come out of your life. Those are the decisions that you'll make. Those are the things that you'll start to do according to what your vine is attached to. So you'll be like, man, that guy's always happy. I want to be happy. i want going to try to be happy today. Happy, 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 It's me, so great. It's so great. Happy. And then someone cuts you off on the 405. Ask me how I know. Then you're not happy. Then you're like, afterwards, you're like, I really, really hope that person didn't go to Zoe. (laughs) But isn't isn't that what we do? We look at people's lives and we say, I know, I know what's going down in their life. Yet they're so joyful and they're so positive and they're so full of hope. And they keep coming to this crazy church called Zoe where people are clapping their hands and everyone looks so happy. Can I tell you, all you're seeing in them is a reflection of Jesus. That's all you're seeing in them. You're seeing a reflection of a God who brings hope and who brings peace and who brings love and who brings a joy that only he can produce in us. So when we attach our lives to him, we start to be a reflection of him. Now, I'm Mexican, Mexican, and uh, so with that, you know, comes a little, like, spice, comes a little, you know, attitude, a little something, something. And um, I remember going through a season where I'm like, man, I just, like, I feel edgy. I feel like I don't want to act Responsive. I don't want to act this way, and I kept like trying, like all of these things. Like I was like, okay, I, I am gonna be the person that smiles when I talk all the time. <laughs> Hi, how are you? No, I'm so good. Yes, I will get you that what you need, even though you just asked me right now. I'm totally it's fine. Everything's to me is totally fine, and then I'm like freaking out on the inside, and it's all just me trying to produce who I'm not on the inside. Because I'm trying to attach myself to myself. So when you're attached to God, what he's going to do is he's going to work through you, in you, so he can work through you. Amen. I love this. I was um, going through my message with Roman, and, and we were talking about, you know, uh, the aspect of control. What are things in your life that you try to control? What are things um, in our society that we try to control, and um, he said, "Well, you just you have to give up control to gain control." I was like, "What? <laughs> I have to give that up?" And he's like, "Yeah. What's well, the paradox of the kingdom? You give something away, and yet you gain it in a much greater way. When your life feels like it's spinning out of control." Hook yourself back up to the vine that is Jesus and find the control in him and find life in him and find truth in him because that's what he wants to give you. And um, I'm going to give you one last point tonight. I'm going to invite the band up, make me sound uh, more spiritual. This is my favorite part. If, you don't take, if you're not taking notes, or you are, If you just wrote this one thing down tonight, I'm convinced it will change your life. Simply this, God is everything I'm not. That's not in a self-deprecating, woe is me kind of way. I'm encouraged. God's everything I'm not because he's Everything in me, to me, despite of me, despite of my choices, despite of my failures. He's everything I'm not. So I get to sit back and I get to be the branch and I get to let Him bring me close in my anxiety and bring me close in my failure. And prune away things that I'm ashamed of. And prune away things that aren't good for me. Because out of his great love for me, he makes more room for me to have abundant life despite of all my decisions. That's the best thing about God. And maybe you're here and you're like, dang, girl, my branch is good. I'm connected to that vine. Good news for you, too, more is coming for your life. There is more than you can imagine. And Ephesians 3.20, life for you. Because a life that is bearing more fruit, God's just saying, I'm going to pull you back and launch you forward. Because I have more and more and more and more and more for you. Because I'm everything you're not. And that's where we get to rest. Just as the branch is not meant to bear the weight of the full vine, we are not meant to bear the weight of our full sin and our full shame and our full life. God does. So if you're here and you're like, man, Erica, 2018 was crazy. I don't even know why I'm sitting in this place. Can I tell you, you are in the best place of your life right now. Your branch is cleaned. In verse 4, it says, you've been cleansed even as I'm talking to you. And what he's referring to is the word of God was washing them over and pruning them back, even as they were just listening. He's constantly making room, pulling you close, and giving you a life that you ultimately desired for. I love this. In uh, First Peter, verse 5 and 6, sorry, chapter 5, it says, If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. And then, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever yes he will set you firmly in place and build you up I flew with a one-year-old under a one-year-old this last weekend with my husband I'm here to say I survived felt like I was running a marathon I was sweating so much And we're on the plane and I'm holding her so tight as she's sleeping and turbulence begins to go. And I begin to freak out. I'm like, this thing's going down. Where's the air? Here we go. Mom's going to save the day. No one else is worried. I turn. All of row 28 is sleeping. Everyone is snoring. And I'm like, why isn't anyone freaking out? This thing's going down. I'm about to be Wonder Woman. Y'all sleeping. I'm going to save this thing. I couldn't knock it over. I was like, I vowed to myself to learn what turbulence is, so I'm not afraid next time. So I looked it up. This is the headline for what turbulence is. Do you have that? I can also read it for my notes if you don't have that. Yep, okay. This was the headline. Turbulence. Annoying, but rarely dangerous. And I was like, next article, next article. They're all the same. Annoying but rarely dangerous. And when a pilot was interviewed, this is what he had to say about turbulence. A plane cannot be flipped upside down, thrown into a tailspin or otherwise flung from the sky by even the mightiest gust or air pocket. Conditions might be annoying or uncomfortable, but the plane is not going to crash. Your life might be going up and down and all around, but you are not going to fail. Your plane is not going to crash. Your life is not over. One mistake does not send you all the way to the end. The vine who, by the way, is Jesus, is calling you today and saying, I'm bringing you all the way in to myself. All the way in. And you don't get to come up here because you're a really good person. I'm not talking up here because I'm a really good Christian. I love what Paul says. He says, Christ came to save sinners of who I am chief. We are all on the same playing field. And we all have the same Savior who's saying, come to me. Let me prune your branch. I have more life for you. Your plane is not going to crash. You are not going to go down. Your life might be spinning, but it's not over. 2018 might be done, but 2019 has more for you. You might be here and saying, Erica, I've been plagued and tormented by anxiety. Can I tell you, God's going to bring you peace. How do I know? Because I'm here and I have peace. Maybe you're here and you're like, this is cool. Yeah, whatever. It's all hype. Hope isn't hype. Hope is Jesus, and Jesus is real, and I can tell you he's real because I'm standing here today alive and on a stage talking about Jesus. Ten years ago, Pastor Julia would have been like, Erica, why is your voice so raspy? What you smoking? And I was like, Pastor Julia, that's a trick question. <sighs> Come on, do me a favor, stand to your feet with me. I'm going to read. I'm going to show one last thing. And to go even further, if you open that book up to Psalm 23, another picture of that same hill is in that book. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You lead me beside still waters and green pastures. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe 2018 was awesome for you. I'm so excited for you because more is coming. But maybe 2018 was kind of messed up for you. Can I tell you, you attach yourself to the right vine. You attach yourself to Jesus. He's coming. He's here. And he's ready to give you more life than you could ever imagine. Bow your heads. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the farmer, God, that Jesus is the vine, that we are the branches, God. I thank you that when we attach ourselves to you, life comes out, God. I thank you that true life comes out of you, Jesus. And as we're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, I want to give you that opportunity And not because it's a religious obligation, but because it's a life-changing moment.